I'm still here. You didn't send help. Where's my fucking hashtag? I want to thank all of my family and my friends and my staff and so many other people for being here. I want to thank uh, you for your effort, your hard work. People have no idea how hard this family worked. They worked and they worked for you. They could have had a much easier life, uh, but they just, they did a fantastic job. I just want to thank all of you, everyone. Uh, I want to thank Mark Meadows, who's here someplace right there. I want to thank Vaughn. But it's been, uh, it's been something very special. We've accomplished a lot. Our First Lady has been a woman of great grace and beauty and dignity. And I want to thank our Vice President, Mike Pence and Karen. I want to thank Congress, because we really worked well with Congress, uh, at least certain elements of Congress. But we really did. We've gotten so much done that nobody thought would be possible. But I do want to thank Congress. And I want to thank all of the great people of Washington, D.C., all of the people that we worked with to put this miracle together. So have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. There he is. The 45th President of the United States and First Lady Melania Trump waving goodbye to the country. He leaves with the lowest approval ratings of any president after one term in the history of scientific polling. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. It's over. It's over. We survived. Hey, hey. I'm dancing to Gloria Gator in my home studio. It's over. We survived. We did survive. All you naysayers who said America never survive a Donald Trump presidency. Technically, we did. We're still here. Not any smoldering ashes this week. <laughs> Quite a quiet uh, inauguration day, actually, huh? Did you expect that? Yeah, me neither. It just feels like, you know, the common... I think emotion that I heard expressed and that I felt myself over the course of the last week is just relief and like a sense of exhalation. (sighs) Thank you. It's over. It's over. After the podcast I did a week ago, I went back and listened to that a little bit this week. Not the whole thing. I'll bring this up here later on in the episode, but it's like, it is. It's like a case of post 
post-Trump stress disorder, our very own case of PTSD, post-Trump stress disorder. It's like, what's he going to do now? It's almost like having, almost like having, I don't, I don't know if I should say this, probably, probably offend what few women I have listening to, but it's like having an abuser in the home. You never know. You're always on eggshells, right? You don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to come home drunk? Is he going to yell at me today? Is he going to go crazy? Is he going to smash the china on the wall? Is he going to kick the puppy dog because he's pissed off? What's going to happen when, when Joffrey gets home? We spent four years like that. What did he do today? What did he tweet today? Who did he piss off today? What country is he saber rattling toward today? It's over with. Finally. I'm recording this on Monday, January 25th of 2021. We are about to, five days in. The honeymoon phase is slowly wearing off. But I'm not going to start with that. I'm going to start with the sense of celebration, I think, that, that most of us, unless you're really in the Trump town compound ready to drink the Kool-Aid, most of us felt for the last five days has been a sense of relief, a sense of normalcy. That something familiar is inhabiting the halls of 1600. I'm telling you, give me boring, predictable, chemically balanced. Give it to me every single day of the week. And the next best part of this past week, the past five days, might be that no one, not one single person in this country has uttered the words Donald Trump just tweeted. The overall difference since he was digitally exiled over a week ago has been stark. Calm. It's, it's, it's wonderful to see some competence in the White House. I think it really was driven home when Biden went over to Arlington National Cemetery. They had the ceremony over there at the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I remember this. I remember Trump doing this four years ago. I remember it felt unclean, if that makes sense. Seeing Donald Trump... Donald friggin' Trump, the apprentice guy, four years ago, seeing him defile the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, seeing honorably serving uh, military people having to salute this man at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Four years ago, it did. It felt unclean. That's the best word I can think of. It was like an interloper. Donald the grifter Trump defiling a national shrine. I remember feeling this four years ago. I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but that feeling was rekindled by the sight of Joe Biden over there and realizing that after four years, we once again had someone whose presence wasn't a star-spangled blasphemy. Heresy. With Joffrey, it felt like everyone was being forced to show feigned respect, and they were forced to show it, to salute, pretend to take him seriously. I didn't get the sense when I saw Joe Biden doing this. There was nothing forced about it. He's president of the United States and he deserves it. He's the right guy. In this binary election, there's no question about that. And that also got me pondering the usefulness of an elite political aristocracy. 
the usefulness of it. Maybe the sort of training, I don't know, education, this process a person has to go through to learn how to engage or how to legitimately lead, how to be a legitimate leader, a political aristocracy, a club whose access must and should be earned. The Mad King was a party crasher, an intruder. As I keep saying, he defiled, he desecrated, even defecated upon a tradition on the honor, dignity, and ultimately, ultimately the legitimacy of the office. Now, is that honor, is that legitimacy, all of that, is that fake? Is that imagined? Sure, it's part of the national myth that I've talked about on this program so many times, and we'll get back to at some point. But like money, like elections, and like that cosmic god of external justice, governmental legitimacy is a trick. It's only real. If people think it is. How have we eroded that collectively in the last 11 or 12 years? How did his assault on the election, on the election's integrity last year, how did that erode that just a little bit more, a lot more? Who am I kidding? A lot more. Don't underestimate how significant that is. And during the first couple of days... You know, the comparison, it was fresh. I mean, <laughs> we had this a couple of days ago. Now, oh my God, we have this. Stark, right? I mean, the contrast between Joffrey and Biden is beyond striking. As I said at the outset, we are a nation with PTSD, post-Trump stress disorder. Biden didn't need to mention it. He just needed to behave like he was chemically balanced, stable, sane, no one needed to mention the Mad King's name. In fact, it seemed as though there was an effort in both the White House and in the media not to say the name. <laughs> Almost like he'd come out of the mirror in the bathroom if you did, right? They were trying not to say it. Now, it's Monday morning, as I said, and I'm not sure Joe Biden has said President Non Grata's name yet. You remember hearing it? I'm not sure I have. This feels to me, and it has since Wednesday, like the government is being deep cleaned, like it's being deloused, disinfected, sanitized. I do feel robbed. I'm disappointed that I didn't get to see President Non Grata forcibly extracted from the White House. I'm sure Bill Maher is as well. But the shot at the Bidens walking in the front door of 1600 was the picture that I was waiting for. I didn't exhale until I saw him walk into the White House. He'd already been inaugurated. Trump had already left. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel something. Walked through the front door, <clears throat> and I felt like the, the Trump era had finally come to an end. I want to say a few things about Pence. After January 6th, after Trump's rebellion, he's someone, someone in that administration who deserves a little respect and acknowledgement here. Never thought I'd say that, but he, he became a relatively dignified island in a sea of indignity, didn't he? Maybe just the contrast to Trump again, is that what it is? I don't like his politics. I remember his fealty to the Mad King all the way through his term, except for the last few weeks. But of everyone in that administration, he's one who has at least slightly redeemed himself. 
since the insurrection. His presence at Biden's inauguration combined with his absence at Dear Leader's pathetic send-off and spoke volumes. The image of Pence being present when the ex-president wasn't, and then Pence not showing up at whatever that was at Joint Base Andrews. Volumes and Pence being the one down there to see the Bidens, I think, off. That was like supposed to be, I think, Trump and his wife. But Pence did it instead. It felt like he was at a wedding standing in for somebody's father who had died. It was weird. But give him credit, man. Give him some credit for that. Whether you like his politics, you like his religion, you like whatever he did to do favors for Donald Trump in the last four years, whatever. I'm with you there, but give him a little credit for that, especially what he went through on January 6th. Maybe some people are giving him too much credit for that, and he didn't have any constitutional power to do anything on the 6th. I get all that. But boy, can you imagine being in his position, having his wife and daughter at the Capitol? Having Trump's uh, mad dogs out in the hallway? Hang Mike Pence. I've got a lot more to say about the stuff that happened on the 6th. I'm not going to probably get to too much of that today. But um, I want to give Mike Pence a little credit here. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his. I never will be. But he deserves a pat on the back. And i got to say, I would love to sit down with that man for one afternoon, sit down with Mike Pence and a gallon of truth serum in a notebook and just chat. I would love to hear what he could have to say. I also watched the first press briefing. That was nice. Jen Saki, Saki. I'm going to screw her name up. I think it's Saki. Jen Saki. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, that was nice. Seemed like she was at least trying to pretend to be straightforward and honest. That should wear off soon. I haven't seen any press briefings in a couple of days. Maybe it already has worn off. She is still a White House propagandist out there to spin the agenda for the press. Let's not forget the bar is really, really low after the people who work for uh, Trump in that position. Incidentally, I think I just read before I uh, cracked the mic tonight that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, <laughs> remember her? She's running for governor, I think, in Arkansas. I think it's governor. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad they're gone. Oh, glad they're gone. I was kind of hoping, though, at her initial uh, press conference, press briefing, whatever it is, that she was going to release a statement, you know, sort of authoritatively stating that President Biden's inauguration was witnessed in person by more people than any public event ever held in the history of mankind. Wouldn't that have been fun? I just said President Biden. On the first podcast back, Probably not the first time I've said it. I haven't been paying attention, but I never said President and Trump consecutively as a title of respect during the interloper's entire term. I'm proud of that. Did it on pod one today. And what else? Managed to spend a few days on Telegram. I talked about that last week. Lurking inside the uh, Proud Boys and QAnon groups. Oh my God. Telegram is a gift that keeps on giving. Just as good as Parler, in my opinion. <laughs> I haven't said anything. I'm not making any friends over there, not engaging in any you know, discourse or anything like that. Just kind of watching, because I don't think this uh, unrest thing, I don't think it's quite done. But I didn't see any talk of any further insurrection in any of these groups over the weekend. Now, maybe I wasn't in the right place. It's possible. 
But the people that I saw, they and the, uh, the, the, the polar opposite photonegative batshit Antifa groups, <laughs> they were too busy trying to get each other deplatformed. It's like this competition now. Go get those guys banned. Report them. Go get them banned. They're both doing it to each other. I say keep going. Poor Favor. Keep fighting. Keep getting each other knocked off these platforms. It's awesome. Take as many as you can, Antifa. You too, Proud Boys. Take as many of those Antifa pages as you can. It's, it's like putting you all in a social media plane and crashing you into a cyber ocean. It's wonderful. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, that's all they're doing, though. <laughs> Trying to get each other deplatformed and banned from social media. They're too busy doing that to bother engaging in the hard work of one righteous revolution or the other, I suppose. I got to mention this one more time. I know you've noticed the difference since Donald De Niro was digitally banished last week. You've had to have noticed that. Not one story about what he tweeted. Just tales of his coming impeachment trial, which is beginning to sound, what's the word, exquisite. Sounds like it's going to be something to behold if it does indeed involve tinkering, uh, with the Justice Department in an attempt to overturn this election. I don't have anything to say on this today. Not really. Uh, But if, 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 if that story is legitimate and it's provable, something far beyond impeachment is going to be needed here. Something far beyond not being able to hold public office again. At what point does this become seditious, treasonous, criminal, punishable by something more than a smack on the wrist and the, you know, not being able to sit in public office again. I'm not saying this happened. I, you know, I I remember Russiagate and all that other stuff. I remember everybody saying, we got him this time. We got him this time. Woo. I remember all that stuff. But if, if that's provable, if that happened, They can prove it. Something's got to happen here. And I got to ask, it doesn't sound like they're going to have the votes on the Republican side, the Senate, to impeach him. They got to have 17 people coming over. It doesn't sound like they're going to be able to get there, at least as things sit right now. I mean, if if this is the case, if this actually happened, if that could be considered inciting insurrection, is there anything more impeachable than this? Anything. Shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue, for example. Is that a high cri- higher crime and mismatch? Does that meet the threshold anymore? I don't get it. I do not get it. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old pal, Stinky Whizzleteats. This is a song about a whale. No! This is a song about being happy. That's right. It's the happy, happy, joy, joy song. Happy, happy, joy, joy. 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 Happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. I don't think you're happy enough. That's right. I'll teach you to be happy. I'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs. Now, boys and girls, let's try it again. 
If then you ain't the granddaddy of all liars, the little critters of nature, they don't know that they're ugly. That's very funny. A fly marrying a bumblebee. I told you I'd shoot, but you didn't believe me. Why didn't you believe me? Happy, happy, joy, joy. 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 If you've never seen Ren and Stimpy, first, what's wrong with you? You're in the wrong show for your demographic. If you haven't, go check out the Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy episode and uh, get back to me then. But that's how I feel this week. In that episode, for those of you who have seen it, which I assume is most of you, Ren has a helmet on that makes him happy. See, Ren's kind of an ornery little chihuahua dog. He's never happy. He's always angry about something. I personally, I identify quite closely with Ren. I do. I know it's shocking. Anyway, he's got this helmet on, and it makes him happy. Forces him to be happy. And at the very end, you heard those noises, right? This pew, 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 pew. He's beating his head with a helmet, or with a hammer, rather, to break the helmet to take the damn thing off, and then the last... That sound at the end is him grabbing Stimpy's throat because Stimpy threw it on his head. Right. The reason I played that is this forced happiness. <laughs> I don't want to shit on Biden's parade too much today. But increasingly over the last few days, I've been happy. I've been, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy that Donald Trump's no longer in office. That King Joffrey has been deposed. The Mad King is no longer in Washington. I've been really happy about that. I said last year that Joe Biden was the only one, he may fail, but he was the only one who could bring about any kind of unity. Even considerate, he's the only one that could do it. I'm happy that Trump's gone. I'm happy that a normal human being is in the White House again. And I'm happy it's not a far-left liberal as well. I'm really happy, but... As happy as I am, I feel like, part of me feels like I'm wearing that helmet because I've been watching. I've been watching again. I'm trying to decide how far I want to go on this today. Do I really want to shit on your parade? Do I want to shit on everybody's happiness, you know, uh, five days after the uh, inauguration? I don't know. I'm trying to balance that a little bit. Because there are indications that kumbaya will be real short-lived. Again, I felt as liberated as most people all week. But my field of interest, my field of study, propaganda, social media disease, stuff like that, the stuff that I've been talking about on this podcast, when I can get away from politics, for fuck's sake. But politics and propaganda are intertwined. The social media disease, it's a big deal. It's a big you know, topic of conversation because of how it affects the political process. Disinformation. It's the politics dummy. It's hard for me to get away from this for very long. I'm hoping that this Biden administration will get real boring so I can get back to it. I'm not optimistic. I'm not optimistic that the uh, this disunion 
is going to be slowed down by a Joe Biden administration regardless of his kumbaya rhetoric. I could lay this all out for you as to why. And maybe I will a little bit today. I don't want to go too far. Again, I don't want to shit on you. I don't want to, like, I want you to be happy. I want you to enjoy this because, you know, this post-Trump stress disorder, we're all kind of experiencing. It's nice to have it relieved. It's nice to just kind of, okay, just let us enjoy this for a little while. Can you do that, Todd? Please, I hear you. I hear you asking me. A few of you. I can hear it. I got that sixth sense. Please just let me enjoy it, Todd. Don't be a jerk. Don't take this away from me, Todd. Right? I want to, I want to, you know, I want to oblige you. But I've said all the good things that I can say. At some point, I mean, at some point, you're, you're indulging or basking in the fact that the bar is so low. I heard somebody talking about this last week, that Jen Psaki, Saki, Saki, how do you say that? God damn it, I know how to say it. Jen Saki. Saki. I don't want to call her Saki because it sounds like nutsacky. Jen Saki. We're going to call her Saki, and hopefully I got that right. Somebody, people were praising her and praising her and praising her last week after that first uh, press conference. And there was one guy on the CNN panels like, uh, you know, the bar is really low, right? <laughs> we shouldn't be praising her for doing better than that. And everybody on the panel was, we just want to, oh, we just want to, it feels so good to see somebody that's normal. Well, what's the statute of limitations here? What's the statute of limitations where uh, President Joffrey no longer sets the standard and sets the bar? When does American exceptionalism re-engage itself? How long do you want this furlough, this, I don't know, critically thinking furlough, how, do you wa- how long do you want it? How long does your PTSD demand that reality, hard truths are avoided? I'm noticing this here in my own house. <laughs> Girlfriend is thrilled that Donald Trump's gone. and she's, She doesn't like it, but I had, she's the only one I can talk to. She's the only that poor woman. She's the only one here, and I can tell. Now when I start talking about this stuff, she's like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Oh, let me enjoy it. So how long How long is it? Tell me. ToddZillaX at gmail.com. You tell me how long it is you need to treat your post-Trump stress disorder. And we can get back to, you know, actually seeing things as they are or trying to see things, see things as they are as best we can. And not giving, you know, Joe Biden and his uh, administration, the Biden of color administration, a Donald Trump pass. At least you're not Trump pass. How long do we avoid looking at the woke left, the left flank left unguarded by you idiots on January 6th? How long do we ignore them? How long do we ignore that everything has to be once again about race? Every single thing has to be about race. How long do we ignore confusing equality and equity as though those two things are interchangeable? They're not. How long do we ignore confusing unity with coerced unanimity, a demand for cultural unanimity? How long are we going to ignore that? Because it's not, at least it's not Donald Trump anymore. 
Donald Trump is not in the office. He's not, he's not in the picture anymore. He is no longer an excuse. At some point, why don't you let me know when that's going to be? Do you even know? I think a lot of you folks on the left think that you're going to be able to use that as a crutch for four years or until vice president of color comes into office. No, they're not Trump. They're better than Trump. Well, okay, great. I guess if you're starving, putrid meat is better than no meat, right? Where are we at? Are we going to be butchering the horse for four years just so we have something to eat? That's what I want to know. I feel weird about this. I've got a bunch of stuff here. I've got at least three pages on the media coverage. The media coverage since before the inauguration, how it's turned into some photo-negative version of Trump's state media on Fox. Unanimity. Unanimity. Did you watch the Celebrating America orgy? On inauguration night, probably couldn't miss it. It was on five freaking networks. Five of them. Five of them produced by the Biden campaign team. They had their propaganda program put on five national networks. This was the fusion of Hollywood, big tech, corporate media, and politics. The fusion of it into one gigantic propaganda orgy last Wednesday night. Did you notice it? Or were you just happy? That Trump was gone. Did you notice the political agenda inseminated throughout that program? This was the same thing that I was talking about last year. Do you remember the uh, COVID, the, 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 the big, uh, a very woke COVID commencement ceremony that took place last year? Same thing. The same fusion of big media, Hollywood, and political agenda. Multiple networks. How is this happening? This is new. These pre-produced propaganda programs making it onto multiple national networks. These are competing networks. They compete for ad dollars. How are they getting this program? How are they agreeing? All but Fox and OAN, the only networks that didn't put it on last week. CNN, MSNBC as well as ABC, NBC, CBS, all of these networks are competing with each other. How is it that they agreed to put the same damn program on? Why? Again, my girlfriend rolled her eyes when I started talking about this. When I saw it last weekend, it was just, it made me sick. It made me almost physically ill to watch that piece of crap, that piece of propaganda crap. That's exactly what it was. It was almost theocratic. How everything is aligned, everything melding together from the time that Trump, I hate to say, I hate to sound like I'm defending him. I'm glad he's off Twitter. But what about Parler? Having that platform shut down last week. And then you've got this melding of Hollywood with that, with Silicon Valley, with big tech. The big corporate medias. 
agreeing to air this piece of propaganda shit. You've got all the stuff coming together on one side, defining what is acceptable and what is right in the political discourse and what is wrong, and hammering, saturating the entire country with the same message. That should bother you. It bothered the hell out of me a year ago when I saw it for the commencement ceremony. Getting these big celebrities, these big high-powered celebrities, pop culture, to come in and endorse it. As though, I don't know, Ginsu knife or perfume. I use this. I support this. You should use it. You should support this too. I'm LeBron. That was creepy. It reminded me of a theocratic state. It reminded me of political theocracy. Totalitarianism. Political theocracy is totalitarianism. Ideological religion. When ideological religion becomes a theocracy, that is totalitarianism, authoritarianism. Whichever. Depends on how you want to nuance it. That's exactly what that was Wednesday night. I don't care if there were no balls. I don't care if it's it's a special kind of inauguration because of COVID and because we couldn't do it. I don't care. Having a program, a prime time, multi-hour, multinational network piece of propaganda aired as a celebration of American democracy? A very woke democracy. That's just part of what I've got. Again, that thing, celebrating America, smelled exactly like last year's. Very woke COVID commencement. It was the same thing. Go watch those two things back to back if you can stand it. Star-studded after-school special complete with a thick, sticky political agenda. That's what it was. And it was targeting. Who was that targeting, by the way? Who was it targeting last year? I know that was targeting teenagers. Teenagers, people college age. Young folks. That was a Sunday school broadcast. Did you get the sense that the same thing was happening last week? Does that bother you? Does that bother you at all? Did you even bother? I'll bet you did. I'm going to stop with this you crap with you folks. I bet you you folks did think about it at least a little bit. How many people out there, how many of these other fucks do you think did? This is why we're in the situation we're in. Ignorant, unsophisticated, informational consumers. Just take it all in. Oh, yeah, wokeness. Woo. Again, I'm going to say this one more time. While you're having dreams and visions of Biden-driven unity, I hope you've been keeping an eye on that left flank. Ever since Trump's rebellion, it's wide open, man. It's undefended. The coordinated and naked merger of pop culture, big tech, corporate media, targeted politics on this scale is something more than creepy. It is. It is theocratic. It's technologically totalitarian. Keep an eye on this. It's not getting better. And now... How are you supposed to fight it without getting stained by Trump's rebellion or by the Proud Boys or by the Oath Keepers? What are you supposed to do? 
It's so easy. Again, I say, I say it. Thanks, guys. You jagoffs. You're completely delegitimized. At least for right now, the opposition. The the opposition to everything woke. What are you? You an oath keeper? You like Trump? You want Trump? That's all I got. Oh my God. Escapingthecave.com. Also on Facebook and at ETC Pod on Twitter. Mayday. Mayday. Todzilla is holding me prisoner. Please help. And I'm getting really sick of guys named Todd. I was thinking earlier tonight, you know, an, an argument could and probably should be made that our Enlightenment heroes, including the founders, they gave it a good try. They built a clever system here, but one that was doomed from conception because its democratic foundation was laid in the quicksand of religious-grade bullshit. Religious-grade bullshit, the notion of collective, quote-unquote, reason, that a race, at least as they understood it, a race, a nationality, a collection, a national collective, could be rational. They conceived a constitutional republic, you know, with representatives, uh, because they didn't have a high opinion of people. Human nature. Yet somehow they still overestimated us. Individuals occasionally find and then struggle to maintain, you know, a sliver at least of reason. I think all of us can do this occasionally, but it's tough. And to maintain it to stay there? <laughs> Good luck. But a people? An entire nation? A collective as a whole? An enlightened citizenry? Tribal bitch, please. Your insurgent mob is showing. Let's look around a little bit. Since 2009, primary threats have increasingly empowered our fanatical mobs to the point where the Republic's noble and courageous democratic divinities are representatives. They're cowering in fear. They're terrified of losing elections to someone more batshit, i.e. ideologically pure, or since Trump's rebellion, they're literally now afraid of being assassinated. Since President Non Grot has been politically deposed and digitally exiled, many of our neighbors around the country think that the, the new day of unity has dawned. I think so. Our Green Tea Party has only begun to wail, my friends. And we're not even through week one of what? Is it 208? Again, I'm going to ask you this. I'd love an answer if you have one. Where is someone supposed to go to combat woke demands for compliant cultural unanimity? How can someone do it without being sprayed by the Oath Keeper and their, their scent glands? I wanted the Biden slash of color thing to work. 2020's cast of undesirables, he was the only one, as I said before, who even could hope to unify anything. But I think what this is boiling down to is that he owes the far left for their relative campaign silence last year. They got out of his way. He got to the dance, but now his political clique won't let him mingle. I mean, we're five days in, 
And it reminds me of Rebel Without a Cause. How difficult it is, you know, the clicks. How hard it is to break away from them. To be a little different. Right? That bugs me because I watched that movie to study James Dean. Maybe laugh at Thurston Howell. He's in there. Did you know that? And uh, gaze upon Natalie Wood, of course. And these assholes have ruined yet another movie for me. Thank you ever so much for that. I will mercifully digress. I guess what I'm saying is woke flakes, my woke flake friends, enjoy our celebratory compatibility while it lasts. It's coming to an end. The warm glow of the congregational fellowship, it's nice. I'm unwilling to pay the whore's price. There really is nowhere to pitch my little centrist tent without radicalized sewage from one cult compound or the other pooling inside the vestibule. It's really starting to piss me off. We political orphans need to unite. <laughs> but that sounds like the, the people who hate people party. <sighs> I got more. Did you like that last piece? Did you like the first part of the podcast or the last part? <laughs> going to get back to uh, propaganda at some point. A little bit of it tonight. It's the theme of this podcast. It's probably its sweet zone, talking about pro- uh, propaganda, talking about the social media disease. But again, politics and propaganda, pro- politics and social media disease stuff, they're intertwined. Get away for, from it for a little while. Not permanently. Substack site is still up there. Go check that out if you like. Escapingthecave.com. Still and always up there. I'm Todd, by the way. I don't think I introduced myself again. I have new listeners. Hi. Todd. With two Ds. It's a pleasure. I'll look for a Christmas card. You can look for maybe another podcast later this week. Not 100% sure. If not, look for it next week. Thank you ever so much for clicking in. Do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. So long.